0: Life isn't meant to be a struggle, but life isn't always easy. It's time to magnetize your life on purpose. Follow me at kathleenminer.com. I want to welcome Mia Schaikowitz to the show. I am super excited to have her here. Let me tell you a little bit about Mia. After becoming paralyzed from the waist down at age 15, Mia dedicated herself to overcoming obstacles and inspiring others to do the same. Her many accomplishments include a career as an award-winning designer starring in Sundance Channel's critically acclaimed docuseries Push Girls, which I have seen in this awesome, and being a founding member of Infinite Flow, which is a professional dance company that leads a movement for inclusion through dance. She also shares her message of hope, inclusion, and empowerment as an inspirational public speaker. Mia is paralyzed and in a wheelchair. Mia, can you tell us about what the change was like for you?
1: It was a physical transformation, but what I found was the biggest transformation was actually internal. And that's really what allowed me to keep going and move forward with my life.
0: Oh, gosh, I can imagine. So this happened um, when you were 15, and you were a swimmer. Is that right?
1: That's correct. I was 15 years old. I was an athlete. I, you know, did everything that any kid could dream of doing. And I was just really, really outgoing. I was really getting into school. I had just started 10th grade, and boom, overnight, I had a aneurysm, what's similar to an aneurysm, I'll Mm -hmm. call it an AVM, and it's an arterial venous malformation, not to get too scientific with it, but basically it's a blood vessel that ruptured in my spinal cord. My only symptom was a stomach ache, so I ended up at the hospital originally uh, when they thought I had appendicitis. Uh, Mm -hmm. Little did I know an hour later, I wasn't able to move my legs, so they thought, hmm, maybe something neurological is going on. And it wasn't really until the next day that they had done an MRI and they found this little tiny blood vessel had ruptured. And because it had damaged the nerves in the spinal cord, it turned out to be um, paralysis, just like any other spinal cord injury at that point. So I had no idea what that meant. I only thought at that moment, my life's over. I really didn't think I could live my life not being able to do the things that I did before and also living life in a wheelchair because I had no reference. At all. I had—I never knew anybody in a wheelchair before. I never knew anybody that had overcome something like that. So to me, I really thought my life was over. And it wasn't until I started figuring out, wait a minute, I can still do this and I can still do this. Maybe it's a little different
0: yeah. now,
1: but hey, I can still do it. And that's when I started gaining more confidence and realizing my life was not over. It was actually just beginning.
0: Oh my gosh. I mean, my husband's a neuroradiologist and I know we were reading some about you and he said that, you know... What you have is quite rare. It's a, yes. a very rare yes. condition, very
1: and rare, yeah.
0: it does happen. Like like you said, <laughs> it's just yeah. one of those. Yeah, things. Yeah,
1: even more rare in the spinal cord. Usually, it is in the brain, and usually, it's fatal. So, I also feel very grateful to a be alive, uh-huh. uh, and also, you know, I I feel also benefit. I, you know, some people will say this is a uh, you know something that was more difficult to deal with than the fact that it was so sudden. But I, I tend to feel that because it was so sudden, it was just something I had to deal with and they were able to figure it out what it was, you know, versus, you know, going through a lot of process trying to figure out what was wrong, which a lot of people do go through. True. So it's, you know, there, there's pluses and minuses to both scenarios, but I, I definitely feel that, you know, whatever you can handle is what, what you're able to be given. And, uh, that's, you know, I, I really feel grateful for what happened despite the fact that it was rare and, and very, very,
0: Um, traumatic at the time. So, you know, you're a role model, obviously, (laughs) now um, for others to reorganize their own body self-perception after injury. Um, How does that, how do you get your message out for that? And what has been your means of getting it out there so that people understand, especially youngsters? I mean, do you seem to deal with more youngsters and talk to them about how they can change their mindset and their self-perception of their body and mind?
1: Yeah, you know, it's kind of transformed over the years. I think when it first happened to me, I was really only focused on, becoming accepted in my own environment, and that meant, you know, going back to high school and and being a teenager and and suddenly, you know, having this completely different physical identity that no one really knew how to deal with. I think we were all kind of in shock, um, including my friends and the school. You know, the school had no one else in a wheelchair in it. So I think, you know, that was a transformation, but as soon as I started to realize I could do whatever I wanted and I could wear whatever I wanted. And, you know, I did have to go through a process of not being afraid of my body for a while. I think the first breakthrough with that was there was another uh, girl in the hospital with me and she had gotten out of the hospital before me and she invited me over to her house uh, to just lay out in the sun, you know, at yeah. the pool. And I was like, can I can I do that? Can I get into a <laughs> bathing suit and lie out at the pool? And, you know, once I did that, I started to realize, wait a minute, you know, this this limitation, this fear that I'm putting on myself is really only coming from me. And once I started to be myself no matter what is when I started to see the perceptions of other people changing about me. And, you know, the first day I stepped into my high school, uh, somebody was walking by and said, wait, she's the same, just sitting down. <laughs> and that was just a very big eye opener for me because, you know, we were young and it was a ability to be resilient at the time. So in that case, it was, it was purely about, you know, survival for myself. But then once I started to gain my own confidence, yes, it was about helping others who had gone through something similar or were younger than me and were afraid to go to their school. And maybe they were born with something that made them different on the outside and they hadn't come to grips with it. So it really was about acceptance and then helping other people realize that they can accept themselves, too. So um, that at that point, it was, you know, just for the people younger than me. And then when I got older, I started to realize this is a universal message. Yes. Um, this doesn't have to have to really cater to certain age groups. It really is something that we all deal with and we mm-hmm. all deal with it in different ways. We're all given different looks. You know, we mm-hmm. all have different, We're you know, all different. Even identical twins. Yeah. We have these differences and there's a reason for that. So once we can accept that, then I think we help others automatically.
0: Definitely. I love what you said about once you accepted yourself and you were comfortable with you, that radiated out into everybody else, right? And so then everybody else was just like, like you said, oh, she's the same. She's just sitting down now. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yes. And that's no matter what we have, because like you said, we're all unique. We're all different in some way. And honestly, you know, when I watched some of the episodes of Push Girl, so what made you want to do that, or how did you get to that point where you were doing this reality show? Because what I loved about it is that most reality programs are focused on how people try to outdo one another, yes. and I <laughs> found that, you know, that one was about you guys encouraging each other.
1: Yes, and that was one of the reasons that I was enthusiastic to do it, and the other reason is it was totally organic. Um, my friend, Angela, who is on the show, she um, was the one who kind of... Have this, you know, idea of wait, you know, we're we're friends. We're really, really strong-minded. Maybe we can go out there and and help others as a group. And then a producer picked us up to make a show out of that. So it really wasn't something that we, you know, set out to do necessarily as a reality show. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of, especially back then, a lot of misconceptions um, about reality TV, thinking that oh my gosh, it's all trash. And yet, this, here's this show that we're coming and saying, wait, no, there can be a definite positive aspect to TV and media. And before that, the it's kind of interesting because when I remember very vividly being a 15-year-old and being in my hospital room right after I got paralyzed and looking up at the TV and thinking, gosh, you know what? There isn't anybody on TV right now that is in a chair or somebody that could be a role model for me. There isn't anyone that looks like me and or somebody that could even encourage me and say, you know what? This is going to be okay. My life is fine. This is how things are, could turn out for you. Everything is okay. And I remember thinking, gosh, well, if that doesn't exist now, maybe I could help do that someday. And I was really completely a fleeting thought. I never really thought it through from that point of view as uh-huh. far as planning that to happen. But, you know, over the years, I ended up moving to Los Angeles and mostly for the weather. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, over time, it was about being in the entertainment industry and getting called for auditions and realizing all these auditions were really just perpetuating these negative stereotypes about people in wheelchairs. And then I thought, gosh. That's definitely not something that I would like to put out there. So right. when we had this opportunity to do the show, it was like, oh my gosh, of course, this is a dream come true for me in that perspective. However, I am also a very private person, naturally. <laughs> so I had to really uh, gain up the courage to put my personal life out there and also um, other things. I mean, to me, putting the wheelchair part out there was... Just like everyday life, I get, you know, we're used to being stared at. We're used to answering questions. This was just doing it in a format on TV where it was like, okay, now we can answer those questions that people have and they're afraid to ask. So, you know, getting looked at and having cameras following me was really almost just an extension of my everyday life. Right. The part that was very difficult was bringing in these other aspects of emotional things that I had not necessarily dealt with in the public. Um, including a relationship with my mother that is very, very challenging for me. Um, she's dealt with substance abuse, and it was—I it, it was something I was always afraid of, and I always tried to hide that. So that was an opportunity for me to not be ashamed and actually deal with it, and then it strengthened our relationship. Um, and and it also helped others that had watched that that I didn't even know um, in real life had a similar circumstances in their own life and I said you know I had no idea you were going through that now I now I see that you you have dealt with that and it helped me in other ways to see other people dealing with dealing with it so the show wasn't just about the wheelchairs it was really about showing the wheelchairs was kind of the last of our issues in our life right um so it was really about showing hey you know what we all have challenges And, you know, the wheelchair happens to be one on the outside, but look at all these other things that make us humans, and we can be relating to everybody out there. And because Um, it was a very relatable show.
0: Yeah, because of the wheelchair, though, is because you were also able to relate to a whole bunch of other people, and it made it so that you all went into it with a positive spin, not the negative reality spin. um, That's right. Which... I think is absolutely amazing. And when you were saying that you were sitting in your hospital bed and you were looking at that and you just kind of it was a fleeting thought. Mm-hmm. First thing that came to my mind was that you created this on purpose, right? So a lot always, of people say that. I talk yeah. about manifesting. I mean the yes. name of the show is Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday yes. Life and that's because what the other words that I use for manifesting is creating and magnetizing things that we put out there. Right. And so, with a positive spin to it and you did that. And so it was going to come your way eventually, especially since you have that giving nature of wanting to help others as well. And
1: that that has taught me that I I, I didn't think consciously at the time that it was something to manifest because I don't even think I knew that concept. Right. Right. And now all those things that have happened since then. I 100% agree. I think that there's also a part of, in the manifestation, there's a part of us that knows our purpose. Exactly. And we deeply, deeply know that whether it's conscious or not. And sometimes it is a little bit um, subconscious. Mm-hmm. And when the subconscious comes out and you're kind of like, oh, wow, like, I didn't I didn't even realize, you know, I had put that out there, but that is that's taking that purpose and putting it out there for, for other people to grab onto and yeah, making that happen. It's it's fascinating and that's why one of the things like when we were talking about doing the show, I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes, I I love the concept that you have and the you know, making sure that people are becoming more conscious of that because you yeah. can only do more. You can only Ex- do more when you know yourself more that way.
0: Exactly. And when they put it out there and they realize that they start feeling things and sometimes they'll try to knock it down right away. Oh, but I can't do that, but I can't yes. do that. Um, but yes. if they were to be open to it, as you were, right, you were still yes. open to all of that. So that's why all of those things came your way. All of those amazing things. Um, yes. what else in your life besides the show Have you felt like have been like a dream come true or like you've created on purpose? I'm sure there's so many that we'd be here all day. But what is another one that comes to your mind that's just really something that people might think, oh, wow.
1: Yeah, it it happens to be happening right now so to speak in um in this dance company that I have been very very fortunate to be a part of. Um I became a founding member. Um, Marissa Hamamoto was someone that had gone through some paralysis and had an idea of, you know, building a a dance company where everyone is included and everyone becomes a, a person that realizes, wait, there there isn't anything that can stop me. If I want to dance, I can dance. And luckily through the show, you know, through Push Girls, I was able to have opportunities to dance with my friend Aussie and Chelsea who, you know, were dancers very, very heavily beforehand. So that gave me an opportunity to say, oh, wait, this is something I didn't think I'd be able to do again. You know, and that was something that, you know, gave me an opportunity to say, wait, where can this go? And then once, you know, I was able to be a part of this, this company this infinite flow group i've seen the way it's manifested in so many different people's lives and these people don't necessarily have to become full-time professional dancers to get something out of it but the people that come to the workshops, or the people that come to the classes they are sitting there looking around saying wait a minute you know i i never thought that I could dance, and now I'm dancing with all these different types of people, realizing we're connecting. Dance mm-hmm. is a language here, and we're learning to speak a new language, and that language is becoming something that's expanding and just connecting more and more people through the community. Instead of set, like separating people, it's really a movement of inclusion, and that, to me, has been a dream come true, because I've always felt you know, when I first got paralyzed, people would say, what's the hardest thing about being in a wheelchair? And I'd say, really, I honestly feel that it's other people's perceptions that it's so negative. Because for me, it seems that it's something that's just an extension of maybe my purpose or something that I need to overcome or something that I need to learn from, in which case I have felt immense um, self-esteem that has come from it because I have felt that it's something that was a challenge that I didn't think I'd be able to overcome. And then Slowly but surely did. So to me, I see it as a positive transformation. Um, but when people feel that it's something negative, or they see somebody and they feel sorry for them, that's automatically taking power away from that person to say, "Wait a minute, what what what's happened to you is bad." And therefore, if you feel that it's bad, then you're going to feel that you know there isn't any growth there for you, or there isn't some type of positivity. So when you know people are doing these things that they really you know, never thought they'd be able to do and they are coming out and doing it and connecting with other people and hearing their stories and saying, Wait a minute, we're all we're all humans here. We've all gone through these challenges. Mm-hmm. Let's build on that and celebrate those in other people. Once we celebrate those in other people, I think we stand so much stronger as a human human race mm-hmm. for sure.
0: I um, think you're absolutely right. And also when you are putting when people come in with a negative sort of Condentation or they're trying to say something to you and you say you're putting out those negative energies, right? You're not only putting them out yourself, but you're also putting them on the other person and therefore they start to maybe go down a little bit, right? In the way that they're thinking about themselves, if they don't protect themselves, which you know better, but there are some that just don't. And so by being around a whole bunch of people in a Mm -hmm. like situation, like Mm -hmm. the dance company, where Mm -hmm. everybody is uplifted and there for a reason. Mm -hmm. I think that is awesome. Now, I have some other questions for you about the Infinite Flow Dance Company. Okay. But first, we are going to listen to one of the songs that you love called I Want to Dance with Somebody. And then we'll be back with Mia in just a minute. And from anywhere on SaintAugustineRadio.com. Now we have Mia here with us today, and I am just really amazed, and it has been such a pleasure to talk to you. I can feel your energies through the radio waves here. How about you? Yeah, <laughs> just like how positive you are, and, so and it's infectious, right? Um, you know, I'm really interested in the Infinite Flow Dance Company, and. I have a couple questions, but the first one is, what is the difference between that company and a mainstream dance company?
1: I think the difference is that Infinite Flow has um, come to dance really with a big movement behind it. I think right now um, there's, there's this buzzword going around of inclusion, and a lot of people speak it, and a lot of people find ways to put inclusion into their life Um, Whether it be accepting people that, you know, that are different from them or trying to um, include people in a media standpoint, um, different types of people and saying, hey, you know what, we are all very, very similar. But the thing that I think is fascinating is we can do this through a dance movement. I mean, you know, using dance as the language to make sure that we all connect is just the most fun thing for me to do, Mm -hmm. but it's also physical and i you know coming from an athletic background in a place where someone might see somebody in a wheelchair such as me and say oh gosh they probably are limited physically or they might you know not not feel that they can do everything they want to do physically so being an example for that also Mm -hmm. is uh, showing people you know what it doesn't matter whether you have two feet two wheels You know, whatever you want to do, you can do. And that is the purpose behind Infinite Flow.
0: So with Infinite Flow, can anybody, okay, first of all, I guess I should ask, you live out in L.A. Yes. And is that where the studio is?
1: Yes. We have um, a studio out there that we do and um, it's practices and workshops and, you know, community, community events. And then we have a pro troop that goes out and performs. We also have a troupe that's all be, all kids. Mm-hmm. And they go out and perform too. And anybody, anybody can be a part of it. They want to be a part of it. It's the main goal is to show, Hey, you know what? Come and dance with us. And if you think you can't dance, you'll be very surprised <laughs> to find out differently. So, so we're trying to expand, too, into other places, especially into other dance schools okay. where they might not be able to have the knowledge or the training to be able to teach somebody that may have a diff- different physical difference than them on how to dance. And so we've been working on making sure that this is not something that's just kind of, you know, free-flowing. Yes, there's freestyle in dance, um, and that's, you know, dancing from the heart is, is where it comes. You know, that's where right. it is for everybody where, I mean, that's that's the beauty of dance, right? Um, but there's also those that want to pursue it a little bit more and, and make it more of a professional outlet for them. And, and we're also working on those types of fundamentals and those types of syllabus so that we can go out and say, hey, you know what? If you don't know and you might be a little afraid to to include this program into your school, we'll help you out.
0: So basically, in order to spread it out, what you're doing is going to other schools, other dance schools, and if they want to be trained on how to do the infinite flow, right? Are you calling it infinite flow dance? Yes, is that what you're infinite calling Infinite flow okay. dance.
1: Okay. Infinite flow dance company. So mm-hmm. any
0: dance companies that are interested in offering this service. It's not even a start. I mean, it's just awesome. Like, I love this. Then they can just contact you and then you can give them the training if they feel like they don't, if, you know, if they, because, you know, some people think they have a certain kind of dance, right? Whether it's ballet or it's this or that's that. Yeah. So this is just yeah. infinite flow. And yeah, I think you can yeah. train them.
1: I think a, I think a lot of people are afraid of um, instructing something that they're not familiar with right. um, or doing the wrong thing. And that goes a lot for, you know, just the community in general um, with with dialogue and everyday basis. I mean, a, a lot of people are afraid to say the wrong thing around somebody that mm-hmm. might be in a wheelchair. And I think that's one of the benefits that I have in life is the fact that I've lived half, half my life in a wheelchair and half <laughs> not. So I can understand both sides and I can understand the fear when you don't know something. So the a lot of the point is just to give that information and to make sure that there's no reason why you know all dance schools shouldn't be able to accommodate anybody that comes through their door, and I think that that's the ultimate goal with all of this. Um, the there will be a program that's going to be officially launching later, um, that you know Infinite Flow will be able to take out. Um, we are working on that now, but. In the meantime, if anyone has any questions, they can definitely contact the founder, Marissa, at Infinite Flow, and we can help them in any direction that they want to go. It would be great if everybody felt the need to jump on the bandwagon and include anybody that wants to dance in their own school.
0: Yeah, I I think that would be awesome. So they don't have to necessarily be with Infinite Flow. You can either be in a wheelchair or you can be, I mean, basically anybody, even if you just are somebody who thinks you can't dance.
1: Yes, yes, any, any single person. We want to bring everybody to dance together. I think that's also one of the things I love about uh, some of the routines that we do is, you know, I have a dance partner who isn't in a wheelchair. Uh-huh. And through the partner dancing, we've learned to do really cool stuff and really cool tricks because we're working together. And I think that's also a message in Infinite Flow is that, wait, you know, we all are different in our everyday lives, even at our jobs. And the thing that makes everything work is when we work together and once that happens when we have a dialogue and we're not afraid to say hey you know what what can i do for you what can you do for me let's let's figure this out and make this grow bigger that's just a universal type of message that i think you know falls into every category in life
0: so are there um videos on the website i saw some videos of you i think it was on the facebook page and you it was a youtube video um but I don't know if it was through the Infinite Flow, but there were all kinds. You know, there was, I think, about six dancers um, yes, being one of them. Have,
1: yeah, you can check out any of the videos on InfiniteFlowDance.org. Okay. Um, also, there is a Facebook page and Instagram and, you know, all the social media. You can uh, just Google In- Infinite Flow Dance. If you want to just check out all the things that are out there.
0: Yeah, because Um, I think it'd be great, too, for the other dance studios to see that or people that are interested in dance. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, we can all do this together. Because typically, um, you know, when you think of a dance studio, you think, okay, lots of training. You have to be able to, you know, go to practice five days a week or, you know, that's just what the typical person, I guess, would think.
1: Yeah, and I think, too, when when I, you should see the looks I get when <laughs> someone asks me, you know, what I do, and I list off the things, and they're like, wait, you, you dance? Right. Like, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it's, you know, it is great to be able to have also these videos up there to just say, why don't you check it out? And, you know, I think that also is. Just such a healing thing for other people to see, and I think mm-hmm. that you know, especially whether you're in a wheelchair, whether you you know have some type of other you know physical difference, whether you know you have something that you're just afraid of doing. You know, I always say that the paralysis did not paralyze me. Right. You know, if, if that that only catapulted me actually into life in a lot of ways. So I always say, fear will disable you, and courage will enable you. That's kind of my tagline because I've always felt. That this this fear this, that that will keep me from doing what I love and keep me from living my life, and uh, the courage. If I'm using that courage, there's nothing that's going to stop me. I'm not going to feel limited. I'm not going to feel paralyzed, um, and that's that's really my goal in life is to be my best self in that in that scenario. Well,
0: you've definitely had courage, and you really do inspire so many people. Um, and you're right; it, you don't have to be in a wheelchair to have fear. I mean. You could have Absolutely. fear, you know, low self confidence. You can have so many kinds of fear that hold people back every single yes. day of their life. And to one person, what's they're afraid of, another person won't understand it. But Correct. to that person, whatever that fear is, it's real. I mean, it is real. And like when I talk about the downtimes, right? We go through downtimes. Um, everybody has downtimes, but whatever their downtime is, I mean. That's their downtime, and they're Mm -hmm. they're fearful. They're upset about this, but somebody Mm -hmm. else may not think it's that bad. But if you're in it and it's yours, it is. And so, by being around other people that have the higher energies going out, and they can are courageous. Right? You think of them as being courageous because they've made it through that fear. Just by yes. being around that, no matter what that fear was, it gives that off to everybody else. Like, okay, if they can get through this, I can get through something like that as well or different, but I can get through it. And that's what I love about what you're doing is there was a fear. And we've all had fears. I've had them myself and you just got to yeah. get through them. Um, but some people get stuck in them. Absolutely. And it really holds them back in this life. And that's why I love to talk to people and was so inspired by you and what all I've seen and read because, because you're in a wheelchair, I mean, I, I mean, you have to admit, I mean, people see that and that's a visual thing, yes. right? So they're like, yes. okay, how did that happen? And how yes. did she, how does she deal with it? Yes. But, so it's almost like a, a huge visual impact that you can also help people that it's not as visual.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I
0: that's love That's I think
1: it's fascinating about it. I think, you know, I've always said that, you know, sometimes things are completely reversed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I do know people, you know, that are in, in worse shape and, and they really, you know, have such such amazing outlook and then there's people you know that think but i you know i definitely agree with you it's you know all the fear is relative and that's why i always say you know to people whatever your fear is that that is equal to everybody else's fear about something else so when you can identify what that is and and i coming from from someone who deals with anxiety on a, on a basis where I am like, I cannot believe that I am so afraid of this thing <laughs> 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 when I have gone through all this other stuff. And it's one of the one of the things that I think is helpful is to look back on your life because you all of us have gone through things that we never thought we'd get through or things that we didn't right. want to go through or things we were afraid to get through and we did it. So in those moments, no matter how big or how you know, little these fears feel in the moment. And you can look back and you say, okay, well, if I did this then, I can get over this now. And that'll just give you another story down the road for you to look back on. And every single person can look at their life and see that. And I think once you focus on those, instead of how afraid you are, but instead of how much courage you've used throughout your life, then you can really tap into all that courage that you've built up and it's just like a muscle, you know, mm-hmm. courage is a muscle in that sense. The that's more right. you use it, the more you have it, the more you recognize it there. So it's just a matter of, you know, the fear is always going to be there. That's the one thing I used to think, okay, I can't have any fear. But then I realized, no, you know what, that's the whole point. That's the how we grow. Will always be there. Don't exactly. you think? I mean,
0: that's how we grow. When we're on our exactly. downtimes or we have that fear and we get over it then we grow even more and we learn. Exactly. I always like to say older and wiser, right? Yep. So we're older yep. and wiser yep. now. And yep. would we, do we want to do it again? No, not really. Right. But right. there will okay. be more. Yes. There will be more of something. Yes. Um, that's, a, that's a good point. I have a question about the swimming. So have you, yeah. I know you were a swimmer, right? You were a competitive yeah. swimmer. So yeah. have you gotten back in the water? Do you, you <laughs> swim again? I mean. Yeah,
1: that's a great question because. Speaking of fear, Uh uh, it took me 17 years to go back into swimming again, and that was only an emotional fear. It wasn't that I was afraid I was going to drown. I knew, um, as soon as I got paralyzed, unfortunately, the the rehab center that I went to, Mm -hmm. um, Shepherd Center, was amazing, and they had these sports programs, and they knew I was an athlete, so they said... The the best thing you could do for yourself is get right back in the pool. Uh-huh. And I said, "That's great, but no." <laughs> um, I just you know, the fact that I can swim, cool, that's great to know. But I am definitely not ready for that because I was also still in in competition in high school, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, how am I? How how is this going to affect me?" Right. I thought at the time, wait, then I'm. It's not going to feel the same. I'm going to feel slower. I'm going to. How am I going to practice with you know my same team? And I just wasn't ready. And yeah. I had all this fear built up for so long, and you know, being an athlete, I craved it. I craved getting back in the water, and I did go into pools at pool parties, so to speak. Yeah. And I had these urges, like, "Oh, I really want to try a stroke, <laughs> take and I, I want to off.
0: Yeah, I
1: just wanted to, like, you know, just try my backstroke. And I, every single time I got up. This this nerve. I, I backed out and I thought, no, 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 I'm not ready. And so yeah, 17 years later, I decided this is enough already. This is silly. I've gone back to every sport that is the sports I didn't even do before. I've gone back to and excelled at what is what there's something still missing. And that that piece was still missing. It was because I knew that that was a last piece of of me healing. From that point in my life, right, and I had to go back, and it wasn't too late. That's the beauty of, of getting over fear is it's never too late. Even if you say, you know, I've been afraid of this for so long, that you you always have an opportunity to conquer that fear, no matter when it is. So I said, all right, this is it's time, and it just so happened it happened to be at the same time that they were filming the show Push Girls, the first season, ah. and they said, oh, you want to get in the pool? And I said, yeah. And I said, would you mind if we film that? And I said. Uh, you know, I'm thinking it's going to be nerve-wracking enough for me, but, you know, I am so glad I, I said yes because that it, now it's recorded in posterity in that sense, and I could only take in so much emotion. So for me in that moment, mm-hmm. I, I, I swam across... I thought I'd only swim across the pool once. Yeah. I swam across the pool once, and then I was like, oh, I got to do that again, and came back. And I have to say, out of all the times that I ever swam and, and won and, and really focused on first place and beat my times when I was younger and went to championships, all of that was great. But this moment when I swam mm-hmm. one length of the pool and back and this time, I felt more more like a winner than I ever had in my entire life swimming or as an athlete in any other scenario because I was winning inside. It wasn't yeah. about the person in the lane next to me. It wasn't about a ribbon. It wasn't about a time. It was about I'm beating this fear and now I can be winning in my own self. I can say, you know what? I can choose courage and win in life. And that was so symbolic for me. And it did go on. I did, I, I got the swimming bug back and I did go on to start <laughs> to, you know, participate in masters. And now I help other people. I work with an organization called Angel City Sports who mm-hmm. help, help children and adults get the the opportunity to try out different sports and to become competitive so they might be able to go on to the Paralympics or to become, right. um, you know, definite elite athletes. And that's also been a dream come true. I just ran my first meet this last June and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And, and, it, and it was also funny because I was talking to somebody about that. I said, you know, and you're a swimmer, you find your way back to the water no matter what. <laughs>
0: and, <laughs> and you that did. Was, that was really it. Yeah, it really was. And that really does help your self-perception because I talk about self-perception a lot, right? So it's what you think yes. and feel about yourself. And by yes. you getting back in the water like that, like you just really thought, oh, my gosh. Like, I feel so good. And Mm -hmm. when you have a healthy self-perception, even though it was a fear, right? So any kind of fear will dampen that just a little bit, even if it's just subconsciously. And when it comes out, you radiate that out. And so was it, I have a quick question. Then we're going to play another song before we get to some more stuff. But when you did that and you had your self-perception was just up there, right? You're like, yes. Is that when you started getting back? More and more, like you said, into the sports. Right? That's all. Is that mm-hmm. when it all started flowing in? And now you're helping other people because you started radiating that out. Right? Because you just felt it. Is that what you? Is that the right timing? Was that that the timing? is that is exactly right. I
1: had been able to help um, others in one way. Mm-hmm. But there was that piece of me that that was saying to other people, look, like, do what you love. Go back to what you love. Don't let fear stop you. So I'm saying this yes. the whole time. <laughs> but in the back of my head, I'm like, wait a minute here. There is a piece of the puzzle here that I haven't put together. So once that came in, then I was like, okay, now I can be authentic. And people pick up on that. They do. So, yeah. And you pick up on it yourself. Your yes. confidence only comes when you know you're being authentic exactly. with yourself.
0: Exactly. And yes. that's what I love. I love spreading that message because it is so true. I mean, we can say it all day long, but until we actually feel it and know it a hundred percent, that's like, that's following our intuition, right? That's following what we really think and feel. And that radiates out to everybody. Okay. So we have to take, well, we're going to take a break because we want to play another awesome song. Um, (laughs) And this is another one of Mia's favorite songs from the eighties. Wake me up before you go, go. So we will be right back. Hey, and welcome back to Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life. And I have Mia Shikowitz here, and she is awesome. Um, if you were not here from the beginning, I will be downloading this on podcast, on iTunes, and we'll have it up on the WSOS page so that you can listen to it from the beginning. But I have been so like in awe just from everything that you do and the inspiration that you give to others. I was, like, when I saw your videos, Mia, of the dancing, like, I yeah. love to dance. I just love... If I hear a beat, I dance. Me <laughs> too. Like, even if I'm just I, just... I just feel myself just moving. Oh, and, you should
1: have You should have seen me, like, just now.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> to the song. Yeah, and certain songs just... Like, I love 80s dance music. I graduated from high school in 1990. Yeah. And so, like... Anytime, I and I was one of those kind of people, like I loved the dance music. You know, a lot of my friends, like the, well, people I hung out with, actually not, okay, most of the people I hung out with (laughs) like the dance music, but I knew people (laughs) who liked the progressive stuff, and and my sister did too, and more of that. I was like, how do you guys dance to that? Like, why are you listening to that? And actually, Kathy, the producer, who you've talked to a few times here, "Hey, hey, Kathy, Kathy liked that music too. Right. Yeah. 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 But I mean, but they found a way to dance to it. and I don't get it. But anyway, that's why it can be for anybody. Music is for anybody. But I'm with you. Like if I hear that dance beat, I just my, my body just starts moving. Oh yeah, my hand like starts bobbing.
1: Bob yeah, yeah oh, I, like I mean, it's funny because that da- um, I want to dance with somebody that we played earlier. Uh-huh. Uh I remember being a kid and making up all these moves, and from the mirror to that to that song, and yeah. I still remember those those moves <laughs> that I like choreographed way back in the day, and it all, I can't like not do them now. But, right. Thing so funny because I was so little and I was making everything so literal but I also thought even in in the song even with the lyrics like I want to dance with somebody who loves me I'm like wait I'm dancing by myself and okay wait I can love myself and I'm like that's a good message exactly it's like you know dance with yourself it is like we even
0: when we would go dancing we um, you know for me I know it was always with friends or we would be out there by ourselves just moving we didn't need anybody else Right, of course. You don't need anybody else. Um, But I love it, though, when you can have those energies together. Like you said, you can put anybody together and start dancing. And to me, it's the energies it's the um actually the the whole universe is made of energy right so it's those energies that we feel from those people and it just lifts us up even more and we crave more of that just because we're giving it and we're receiving it because we were put on this on this earth to give and receive love give and receive joy and you know great energies and i wanted to ask you a couple things but one is so do you feel Feel that when people are around you, and how do you protect yourself from negative people? Mm.
1: That's a really good question because I find myself very, very sensitive to other people's mm-hmm. emotions, and I, I definitely take on uh, what other people are feeling. And I have since I was very little. Yeah. So um, I've learned um, probably in the last few years more so than ever um, to connect with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and have this, it's almost like a, I created a, a line, um, like a center line. You could think of it even as a spinal cord, so to speak. Okay. That's within you um, that is really unbreakable. And when you put all your positive energy into that and you really tap into that, you know, when you meditate and when you find these, these different ways of connecting where you're at peace and, and putting that all in there and knowing it's always there, so yeah. that when you are in these other situations where people are trying to kind of bend you one way or bend you another way or, you know, they want to, you know, take, take some of your good energy and, and maybe they want to turn it into another, you know, energy or right. they have a negative energy. Just remember that spinal cord is not going to break and you can, you can sympathize with other people in right. that sense and say, okay, I, I have felt that before, but I don't necessarily have to feel that right now so that it tumbles me out of my space. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, knowing that that backbone, that spinal cord of, of your positive peace and your energy and, and everything that makes you you and beautiful and where you are self-accepting yourself and you are loving yourself, you know, that 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 will never go away if you don't let it. That's so, right. you know, making sure that that that's just, you know, that's your sacred space. Um, Mm -hmm. building that you know that cocoon around that that's something that i've learned recently to do so that i don't end up you know flip-flopping so much from one to the other and i am able to stay on course so to speak when i am in situations where i feel you know someone doesn't get me so to speak and 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 by that i mean you know someone that is you know trying to say oh you know the elevator's broken so you can't go up there. It's like, um, I will find somebody yes. to carry me up That's there. That's <laughs>
0: exactly right. Don't, don't tell me it's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I will find a way and I have always found a way. There has never been one instance um, you know, pertaining to this wheelchair where I have felt and where I have felt, wait, if only I were walking, I could get out of this. I've never felt that moment. And and believe me, I thought I would feel that moment. And yeah. I think that's where a lot of my projected fear came from and initially was all this stuff that hadn't happened yet. And here I am saying, oh, oh, what if this, what if this, what if this? And in those moments where I'm like, uh-oh, and I have that one moment, I say, wait a minute, I have gotten through all these other things. Let me just put my thinking cap on and problem solve. Right. And that's one of the things I have to say I love about life and I love about actually being paralyzed. A lot of people <laughs> think I'm crazy. They're like, what <laughs> do you mean you love me. I love figuring things out. And one of the things about life is there is always something to figure out. There is always yes, there a is. problem. There is always an obstacle. There is always sometimes something good and you don't know what to do with it, right? It's, right, There's always right. ways. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it could be good or bad. Sometimes, you know, you, you get in these scenarios where you don't know what to do. I mean, I had a long time where I couldn't accept being happy because I'm like, oh no, that means something's wrong, you know? If right. I'm happy, yeah. that means, you know, that that, that something new is gonna, bad is going to happen and that was a lot of my anxiety come, coming right. from that. Um, but once I realized, you know what, what, there is no what if. It's I will always be able to find a way. That's and right. once, you know, I really truly believe that um then there is there's is not that what if fear because it, you know,
0: we and will, you will. And will what if out. you could look at it a different way too. I always like to say, well, what if and then something good.
1: Exactly. You know, turn it exactly. around like what exactly. if
0: but what if I can.
1: Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people are afraid of that good, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's also where fear can come from. So it's, it's really, you know, what if, what if you're, what if around the corner your entire life is about to explode with everything you ever dreamed of? Yeah. Well, guess what? That's around the corner every minute. Uh-huh. And I think that's one of the things that always keeps me going. I am too curious of a person to sit back and say, okay, this is just how it's going to be in the moment, even if it's a bad moment. I know it will turn around, so I can't sit in that moment. I have to know what's around the corner because I know it's going to be
0: different. And you know, okay, so Good. a couple things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's a question where this hour like goes by fast. But wait, I, know, I right? love what you said about the protecting of your energies. I've never heard it being um, mm-hmm. the way that you put it about the spinal cord and not breaking. Mm-hmm. I love, mm-hmm. love, love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's symbolic too. Because it it is. Not
1: a spinal cord that broke. It is. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, and the there thing is, is though, is that
0: in. Everybody, and there's no wrong way to protect your energies, right? It's whatever Correct. visually works for you. I always call, Correct. I say, you know, I have my Kathleen's bubble theory. Every morning I put up a clear bubble and I allow the negative energies to bounce off my bubble throughout the day and I, I visually watch them dissolve in the universe. But, I love that. So whatever works and I, I encourage everybody to come up with something because there's going to be negativity around. You just don't need to take it in. And, you know, you said about Curious and what's around the corner. Um, I think it was about two weeks ago we had Mark Q on and he is actually from somewhere in Vegas. He is the host of that. And I asked him, you know, what keeps you going? What, you know, and and it was curiosity. Yeah, that's exactly what you said. And so, hey, everybody listening. This is like (laughs) curiosity is awesome. Okay. Keep being curious.
1: Keep being that's curious. That's awesome to know someone else has that. Yeah, but I know. It, it seems so simple. It seems, oh, really, that's it? But it, it is true. It's true. Is it. it is. Because if nothing will stay the same. Right. There will always be something different coming around that next moment. Yeah. Just
0: stick around because it,
1: it will be good.
0: That's exactly <laughs> right. Okay, so I know we're running over, but I just have one more quick question. So yep. what would you tell your 25-year-old self today? What advice? Would you tell your twenty-five self-year-old today, knowing what you know now?
1: I would almost say that. I would almost say, don't worry, because everything that's going to come, where you're going to feel like you know you might not get through something, or this is going to be difficult, or this is going to be you know hard, or or wait, you know your dreams haven't come to you yet, but they you know they are there, and you have everything you need right now to be perfect in your life, and accept your life, and love yourself, because that is always available and whatever happens after that is just icing on the cake mm-hmm. so enjoy it enjoy
0: right yeah no I love that now we can you're on Instagram and uh, yeah. Mia we're going to put all of this so because the spellings of I know even my name is spelled differently so I always like to tell everybody we will put all of this on the WSOS page and we'll be sharing it on Mia's page and mine um so that you get in touch with your website you're on Instagram Facebook Facebook correct and twitter and twitter okay so we're going to share all of those links and like i said this will also be uploaded onto itunes podcast and we'll have that link there as well so you can listen to it from the beginning and please share it out um also if anybody goes to a dance studio or if there's any dance studios listening and you are interested in the infinite flow i think this is awesome i would love to see it around here and one thing i just want to you went to university of florida is that right yeah, go Gator. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have to say, um, so my family went to FSU, so yeah. I, mean, I got to. Yeah. We have both, but we are yeah. we are here in Saint Augustine, so we are what about an hour and a half, Kathy, yeah. from Gainesville. Yeah. In Gainesville. I mean, yeah. So we we I can tell you we got a lot of Gator fans here listening for sure. Yeah. Um. So, I have really enjoyed this conversation this has been absolutely awesome and we could be here all night because I could really have a whole bunch of other things I could sit and talk to you about but I can't believe this hour went by so fast. I know. I'll just have to come back. I know. You actually, you <laughs> definitely will. So I'm really excited about this and we'll put all of your links on there. And I hope you have an amazing rest of the night and we will be talking to you uh, very soon. Thank you very much, Mia. Me too. Thank
1: you for having me. This has been a great, great time. Thank yeah.
0: you. Talk to you guys later. And thank you for manifesting magic in your everyday life. WSOS 103.9 FM, St. Augustine, 95.5 FM, Ponte Vedra, Nakati. and from any, Anywhere at St.AugustinRadio.com. See you next week. As the founder and president of Helping Handbags USA, a nonprofit 501c3 organization, I would like to ask that you donate your once-loved handbags and fill them with necessities that will be donated to women getting back on their feet again and that have gone through down times. Abuse and homelessness. Never underestimate the power of hope. If you or your business would like to donate necessities to go into these amazing handbags, contact me at kathleenminer.com and you can give hope.